plans, God's word will stand against the gates of hell with power to prevail in the hearts of men. God's word will stand. They can take it from the courthouse walls, remove it from the schools, teach our children that we're animals, speak against the golden rule. Try and hide our Christian heritage from the public eye. But they'll never overcome God's word, no matter how they try. God's word will stand against the raging tide of those who criticize and work their evil plans. God's word will stand against the gates of hell with power to prevail in the hearts of men god's word will stand it is forever settled to evermore endure it's the only way a sinner's heart can ever be made pure god's word will stand against the raging tide of those who criticize and work their evil plans god's word will stand against the gates of hell with power to prevail in the hearts of men, God's word will stand. God's word will stand. God's word will stand. I'm telling you what, I, what a powerful book that we hold in our hands. If we'll just read it, believe it, apply it to our lives, I, oh my, you know, that's, uh, that thought is really a, a good lead into a song that I'm going to try to sing for you tonight, uh, <clears throat> another song that Debbie wrote. We can so easily get to the point in our lives where, where we we forget how wonderful God is. And we just kind of coast, you know what I mean? We kind of get away from the, from the, the magnificence of God <laughs> and, and, and the, the simple things that he's done for us along the way that are huge, you know? And uh, oh, I'll trust this will be a, be a blessing to you. Have we lost the wonder that only Christ can bring, knowing Him as Savior and serving Him as King. Have things of earth so dimmed our sight, we no longer look above. 
Have we lost the wonder, the thrill, the awe, the wonder? Have we lost the wonder of God's love? Lord, restore the wonder we had so long ago when your word was new each day and others had to know. Lord, make us more like children, eyes wide open in surprise that the great Creator would come to earth as Savior. Lord, restore the wonder of your love. We must share the wonder with those who've never heard the joy of our salvation, the comfort in his word. How selfish if we take his love and make it ours alone. We must share the wonder. There's no hope in any other. We must share the wonder of God's love. Lord, make us more like children, eyes wide open in surprise, that the great Creator would come to earth as Savior. Lord, restore the wonder of your love. Don't ever let it be old hat. I mean, that, that's, that's why we have revival meetings, amen? <laughs> because we're all tempted to let it be old hat. And uh, we got to get back to where we were at one time. Amen. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. If you have your place in the scriptures and are able, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Jeremiah chapter 3. And let's focus on one verse tonight, verse 15. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Tonight I want to look at five ways that a pastor is a blessing in our lives. I thank God for my pastor, and I know you thank God for your pastor, and and uh, uh, the title of the message tonight, We Need a Pastor. Now, now don't, don't misunderstand me. We're not shopping, okay? <laughs> uh, pastor getting worried back there. <laughs> We're not shopping. I just want us to realize how bad we need him in our lives and how important the man of God is in the, in the life of the Christian. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we just thank you again for your love, for your blessing. Uh, God, thank you for all you've done in our lives. And Lord, I pray as we gather together, as we're gathered together tonight to, uh, to worship you and, and uh, Lord, to uh, learn a little bit from your word, I pray you'd give us exactly what we need. 
Have your will and way in each and every life, each and every heart, and we'll thank you and praise you for it. Now, Lord, I need you. I just pray you'd touch me. I just want to be a blessing to these folks, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, I want to say right off the bat that there's a sweet spirit in this church. I, I pick up on that every time I'm here. I, please don't think that I'm trying to address any kind of problem or any situation that I see. Your pastor has not shared one negative thing about any member of this church with me, all right? I, I, I know of absolutely no problems here, all right? I am sure there are problems because y'all are like me. We're people, okay? And <laughs> we're people gathered together. We have problems. I get that, okay? Uh, but I'm not addressing a problem. I just, I, just, I just want us to focus a little bit tonight on how wonderful God is to give us pastors, amen? And, uh, and what God does in our life through, uh, through the pastor. And uh, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, uh, first thing I want to look at is, is a pastor, having a pastor is an evidence of God's favor upon a church. And, and I might add upon a community as well. Uh, th this church, y'all are blessed by, ha by having a pastor, but, but the community is blessed by, by having the, the, the ministry uh, of this man of God and uh, of Community Baptist Temple, amen? And, and uh, the pastor is, is uh, evidence of God's favor upon a church. If you'll, uh, uh, if you'll notice with me over in, in Ephesians um, uh, chapter 4, Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, and he gave some apostles and some prophets. Now the, the apostles and the prophets all died, all right? Uh, they were for a time, they were for a purpose. But mo moving on, reading on in the, in the verse, verse 11, and uh, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. All right, so God gave evangelists, pastors, and teachers to the church for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, now God gave you an evangelist for, for a few days, amen? And uh, I'm, I'm here to, to try to be a help and a blessing to you all for a little while. But God gave you a pastor for the long haul, amen? He's here thick and thin. He's here every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every midweek service. He's, he's here for soul winning. He's here for, for the challenges. He's here for the special meetings. He's, he's here when, uh, when, when, when you're sick. He's here when you're in the hospital. He's here for the long haul. And, and that's the, the one I want to focus on tonight is the, is the pastor. Now, we just read that God gave these, these men to the church. Amen? God gave these men. They're a gift from heaven, amen. Your pastor is a gift from God. Now, I, I want to say your pastor is a special gift from God. Uh, it goes beyond the norm. Uh, I mean, every gift is special. Everything that God gives us is, is, is amazing. James 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from a from, uh, from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every gift God gives us is, is to be appreciated and, and is special. Amen? But if you'll notice in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15, where we, just, where we just read a few moments ago, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart. According to the heart. A special gift from the heart of God. 
Not just a gift. I, I mean, God gives gifts every day, amen? But, but he puts a lot of thought into this particular gift. I'll, I'll give you an example, and maybe y'all are like, like I am or like, like Debbie and I were, uh, and, and even after the kids were grown, we, we, we still kind of did it that way. Uh, come Christmas time, uh, the kids would get a lot of gifts. I mean, there'd be stuff all over under the tree. There'd be a lot, a lot of times we'd do it, we usually did. I think maybe always did, a stocking. And the stocking would have, you know, a, a candy bar, an orange, a lump of coal. You, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, there'd be, there'd be stuff in the stocking, and, and, then, and then there'd be other things. There might be a pair of socks. You know, they're, they're just odds and ends of stuff, you know, some clothes and some little toys that you don't expect to last more than about 10, 15 minutes, and, you know, that kind of stuff under the tree. But there was always something, always something that was extra special, something that maybe they asked for, something that, that we just felt like they really needed, that they would really appreciate. We put a lot of time and thought into it. And, and, and we, would, we would maybe do a little research on what's the best brand to get. Uh, where should we get this? What, what kind do we get? We want to get them something really special because we love them so much. And that would be the last gift they would open, that, that extra special gift. That's the kind of thought that God puts into when he assigns a pastor to a church. When God gives us a, a man of God, he puts extra thought. It's an extra special gift from heaven. Wow, isn't God good? God loves us that much? Oh, I, I, I love it, I love it. Now, now some churches, they, they don't understand. The, the Lord maybe perhaps will move a pastor to another work. Uh, that happens at times. Uh, or at times the Lord will call a pastor home. And, and so the church sets out to hire a pastor to replace him. Wrong. You see, the church doesn't hire the pastor. When you're confident that you found the one that God has sent to you, you extend a call to the pastor. You do not hire him. You see, he works for God, not for you. My pastor works for God, not for me. You see, if my pastor worked for me, I could give my pastor a list of, a list of things. Now, the pastor, this is, this is what I want you to do for me. No, no, no. If I want my pastor to do something for me, i got to go to God and say, God, Lord, I have this need in my heart. Lord, I have this burden. God, would you, would you, work, work, on my, would you work in my life and would you, would you address this? And then the, 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 then the Lord taps my pastor on the shoulder and says, Pastor, you've got a church member. He may or may not tell him who it is that needs to hear about this particular thing, and, and God, will, God will address it. God will handle all that, amen? Uh, but the pastor works for the Lord, not for us. He's a gift from heaven, amen? God gives him to us, lends him to us, and allows, him, allows us to be blessed uh, by, by the pastor. Now, um, <clears throat> you see, God hires him and then gives us to us as a gift from heaven. I, I think that's, that's really, that's so, that's so cool. Uh, now, not only does having a pastor show God's favor on a church, but, but a pastor is God's love with a human touch. And everyone needs to be loved, amen? Uh, everybody needs to know that somebody loves them, that somebody cares. Now, we know that God loves us, but God translates that love through a man, and that man shows the love of God in our lives. That's special. That's special. Have you ever heard the term a pastor's heart? Yeah, I see some of you nodding your heads. You're familiar with the term a pastor's heart. You see, a pastor's heart. A pastor is, 
is kind of like a mother to her children. Mom has a supernatural way of loving her kids that us dads just don't get. Not, we dads love our kids too, right? Okay, but mom has a special way of showing it. I mean, you could almost come to the conclusion, I think it would be a wrong conclusion, but you could almost come to the conclusion by observation that mom loves the kids more than dad does. Now, we know that's not true. Us dads love our kids too. But, but mom can show it <laughs> possibly more effective than us men can. All right? I'll give you an example. When, when, when little Johnny falls and, and skins his knee and he starts crying, it's not bleeding or anything, okay, but it, it, it hurts. He comes running to mommy, and mommy, 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 he's crying. He comes to mommy, and, and mommy gets out the war paint. I don't know if they still use that or not. Do they? But uh, Mucuricom, and paint, paint the knee, and put a Band-Aid on. It's not even bleeding. Didn't break the skin. Now, dad would say, oh, come on, kid, get up, be a man. He's four. <laughs> <laughs> I love them too, but mom, mom can express the love in a way that dads just don't understand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you ever wonder? <laughs> please, please don't raise your hand. <laughs> don't, don't point to anybody. Okay, but do you ever wonder how God? How, I mean, how how your pastor loves some of y'all? <laughs> <laughs> Some folks are easier to love than others, okay? The flip side of that, well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but a pastor has a, it's supernatural, okay? Men don't have that capability of love, folks, but God gives the pastor the ability to love folks that even are not lovable. <laughs> wow, that's, that's special, when you think about, when you think about, uh, uh, you know, the, the Bible calls, calls the pastor a shepherd. Uh, why? Because he cares for the sheep. And, and y'all, uh, me included in, in my church, I mean, we're, we're all sheep in the fold, okay? And, and God gives the pastor the responsibility of, of, of meeting the needs of the sheep and caring for the sheep. And, and it takes love to do that. Amen. It takes, a, takes that special touch that God uh, gives the pastor uh, to, uh, to care for his sheep. And, and a pastor can love you, honestly, a pastor can love you like, like no one else can. Uh, apart, from, apart from Jesus and maybe your mother, okay? <laughs> pastors, pastors love their people. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, really. Now, now, <clears throat> you've heard of folks that have been hurt by a pastor. Perhaps some of you have been hurt by a pastor. Can I say I'm part of that crowd? I too have been hurt by a pastor, but I've also been hurt by a grocer i've been hurt by a mechanic i've been hurt by a car salesman okay <laughs> i mean the list could go on i've been hurt by doctors <laughs> okay sometimes literally hurt by doctors okay <laughs> but i keep going back yeah sometimes sometimes a pastor can hurt somebody it, it happens it happens 
You see, pastors are human. They have a supernatural ability to love, and, and you know, they've, got, so they've got some qualities that, that, that a lot of folks maybe do not have, but nonetheless, they're still human, okay? And, and they make mistakes, all right? And, and another thing, another thing uh, uh, pastors can do is uh, misinterpret something that has been said or hear it wrong. I'm, I'm good for that. I mean, even with the hearing aids, they don't fix everything, okay? They don't fix it all. Uh, and sometimes I think somebody said something that they didn't say that at all. And, 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 so, and so my response doesn't really fit. It's not appropriate for the moment because I didn't hear the question properly. Well, the way he answered me, I'm leaving. My preacher hurt me. And worse yet, they're all like that. You can't trust a preacher. My preacher hurt me and I'm never going back to church again. <laughs> oh, how sad. You know the truth of the matter? The, the, the truth of the matter? Yeah, yeah. Pastors can hurt us and, and we've probably, many of us have been hurt somewhere along the way, but but, but the truth of the matter is pastors are the ones that really get hurt. But they don't pick up their toys and go home. Hey, hey, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12. I love what Paul says here. You see, the apostle Paul, he was a, he was a missionary. He was an evangelist. But Paul was also a pastor. When Paul would start a church, just like your missionaries do today, he would hang in there with those folks and, and kind of pastor that group until they got to the point where they could uh, uh, call their own pastor. And many times it was somebody that Paul trained right there in that, in that town where he was planning a church. And, and so, so uh, Paul actually, actually did the work of a pastor as well. Uh, but notice, um, notice uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 15. And this is, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. You see, pastors pour their hearts into the lives of their people. And sooner or later, one of those folks he's tried to help will stab him in the back. It happens all the time. Again, your, your pastor hasn't shared any, any, any particular stories with me of this taking place, but, but I know it happens. I was a pastor. I experienced it. I, I've known many pastors that have experienced that. And, and sometimes it's the least likely person. It's a right-hand man. It's a staff member. It, it's a deacon. Somebody that, that was a close friend and, 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 and a, a, a help in the ministry. And they say things about the preacher that are not true. And sometimes they go after his wife. And they say nasty things about her. To hurt the man of God. Yeah. You talk about who gets hurt in the ministry? You talk about who gets hurt in churches? It's the pastors that get hurt. The pastors get hurt worse than anybody else. 
And, and Paul says, I realize that the more I love, the less I be loved. In other words, what Paul's saying is, if I put myself out there, if I love on these people, if I really care for them and invest my life into their lives, and then one of them turns around and stabs me in the back, it's going to really hurt. Now, you and I would say, well, with that in mind, I think I'm going to be cautious about dishing out love because I don't want to be hurt. I'm going to be real careful about how much I love on my people because, because the more I love them, the more it's going to hurt if they choose not to receive the love and if they get vindictive toward me about a decision I made or whatever. And, and, so, and so I and you, you and I might... We might refrain from loving on one another quite so much if we're, but, but not the pastor. Oh, no, oh, no, not the pastor. And, and when he does get hurt, and it does happen, I'll tell you what he does. He, he'll come walking out those doors, and he'll come, he'll take his place at his seat, and, uh, and, then, and then when it's his turn to go to the pulpit, he'll walk to the pulpit and say, Good morning, folks, and it's great to be in the house of God. It's so glad you came today. And he'll have a smile on his face. And when it's his turn, he'll open up the Word of God and preach a fine sermon. And why? Because he loves his people, even though sometimes his people don't show the love in return. Pastors are the ones that get hurt. But yet they go on, and they carry on, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, year after year, year after year. They're faithful. But you let a, you let a church member get hurt. I'm, I'm out of here. I, I didn't get treated right. I didn't get my name in the bulletin. And, and I worked. I worked hard. I worked hard to help put that together. I worked, I worked hard. I, I mean, I, I, I probably put in more hours than anybody. And I didn't get acknowledged. I wonder how many hours your pastor puts in he doesn't, doesn't get acknowledged for. I, I, I wonder how many times he gets a call in the middle of the night. I mean, he already had a late day. Be right there. I'm praying for you on the way. God's love with a human touch. And then a, a pastor is God's messenger to his church. And, and we, need, we need God's message. Amen? We need a pastor. We, we need God's message. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and verse 2, the Bible says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, ex exhort uh, with long-suffering uh, and doctrine. Uh, hey, uh, <clears throat> the pastor has a message to give from heaven. Amen? Uh, Jeremiah 3 and verse 15 again. Uh, <clears throat> and, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. You see, the pastor gives us a message from heaven. Now, now, God gave you a message from heaven, too. It's right here in your King James Bible. All right? You read it. Read it every day. But, but, but God gives the pastor the specifics, sometimes a specific interpretation of a particular passage. He, he will expound on a particular passage that somebody is in need of or that the church as a whole is in need of, and he'll hone that message down to, 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 uh, 
to give us exactly what we need for the for the for the day amen uh, so so he's the messenger from god amen uh, haggai 2 and verse uh, and verse 13 then spake haggai the lord's messenger in the lord's message unto the people saying i am with you saith the lord see haggai haggai was the lord's messenger and he spake the message unto the people. Now, I realize Haggai wasn't a pastor, okay? Uh, but God still speaks through his messengers today. Now, today his messengers are called pastors, evangelists, missionaries, but they're still messengers from heaven, all right? Uh, and God still speaks through men today uh, to give his people uh, what they need. Go to, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. beginning in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, again, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by the which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. So, so uh, and, uh, well, let's, let's read on. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Paul says, I, I delivered to you what I received from heaven. God gave me a messenger, and I delivered the message unto, unto the people. Now let's look and see what the message was in this particular case. Uh, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Okay, so <clears throat> Paul says, I, 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 uh, I delivered I, I, the, the gospel. He says in, in, uh, in verse 1, uh, I, deliver, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you. And he received the gospel from heaven, from God, and gave it to the people. Hey, hey did you ever stop and think, your preacher delivers the very same gospel that the apostle Paul delivered. And that's, isn't that something? He delivers the very same gospel. And, and, and Paul makes it very clear what the gospel is here. It's, it's the death. Jesus had to die. If Jesus didn't die, we don't go to heaven. We're still in our sins. He had to die to pay for our sins. His blood had to be shed on Calvary. All right, uh, But he didn't stay in the grave. He had to rise again. Amen. And he did rise again. I mean, we're, we're talking, we're talking, uh, we're talking the, the, the gospel here, all right? Uh, he says uh, uh, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again according to the scriptures. Just like it was foretold in the Old Testament, Jesus actually did that, it actually came to pass. And, and that is the gospel. And, and can I tell you tonight, you have got to believe the gospel to go to heaven. Your pastor declares that, proclaims that on a regular basis from this pulpit. And, and, and it, is, it, is, it is a very, very critical piece of doctrine. If we don't have that, we spend eternity in hell. Make sure, make sure you've received the gospel. Make sure you've been saved tonight. If you have not, if you come to the conclusion that I, 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 I've heard about it, but I've never, I've never taken it personally as, as mine, 
then, then I want to challenge you in just a little while to come down to this altar and, and let somebody help you get it settled tonight so you know you're going to heaven, amen? Uh, so the, the pastor is, is a messenger from God. He gives us the gospel. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1. Now, it's not always easy <laughs> to be the messenger, okay? It, it's not always easy. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go unto all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Be not afraid of their faces. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. A good pastor will be a faithful messenger. And it's not always easy to be a faithful messenger. The Lord says, Be not afraid of their faces. You, you ever heard the, 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 uh, the saying, If looks could kill? <laughs> okay. Oh, thank God I'm not getting those looks tonight. All right. And, and if I am, I'm not focusing on you and I'm not looking close. Okay. Trust me. All right. <laughs> if looks could kill, sometimes folks don't like the message. And, and, and so they give, they give the pastor the evil eye. Now, all he is is the middleman, okay? He, he's, he says, Lord, what do you want me to preach? And the Lord tells him what to preach. He says, oh, no, Lord. They're not going to like it. <laughs> and the Lord says, that's all right, Pastor O'Donnell. <laughs> I'll take care of you. All right? I'll take care of you. It'll be okay. Don't be afraid of their faces. You just, you just preach what I told you to preach. Thank God for a pastor like that. Can, can I say they're not all like that? There are a lot of pastors that want to take, take the temperature first, you know, and, 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 and see, what, see what folks would want to hear. And they'll build their sermon around that because they want everybody to love them. I like everybody to love me too, amen? Y'all love me, don't you? Okay, all right. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes it's tough. But thank God for a pastor that will give us what we need. Now, a pastor is also God's authority in the church. And we need an authority. Uh, go with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20. Now remember, you said you loved them. <laughs> Acts chapter 20 and, uh, and verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. He's talking to pastors. The Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. To feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. 
Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. He says says the Holy Ghost has made the pastor an overseer. That means kind of like he's in charge. Amen. That's God's plan. All right. The Holy Ghost made the pastor to be an overseer in the church. Go with me over to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, and uh, look at verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. He says, he says we're to submit to the pastor. We're to obey him that has the rule over us and submit. All right, now, that's, that's God's plan. Okay, I, I didn't write this. Okay, uh, that, that's, that's, that's the Lord. The Lord said, agree or disagree, but I don't agree with my preacher. Okay. But you submit because he's the authority that God has given us in the church. And so we submit even when we disagree. But he's wrong. It could be. But we submit. And in the meantime, we use the altar, okay? And, and we use our, our prayer closet at home and use the car on the way to work. And we talk to the Lord and we say, Lord, Lord, if my preacher's wrong, would you show it to him? But Lord, it could be me that's wrong. Lord, will you reveal to me that my preacher's right anyhow? But in the meantime, we submit. It's God's plan. Look also at uh, verse 7. In Hebrews, Hebrews 13 and uh, verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Okay, it, he says the pastor has the rule, who's spoken unto you the word of God. Now, who speaks the word of God here? Okay, more than anybody else. All right, well, the teachers do. Yeah, I know, but, but who, who's the, the chief speaker of the word of God? <laughs> it's the pastor, Okay. And, and the pastor is to have the rule over the, over the people, okay? This is, this is what God put in here, all right? Uh, and, and then uh, also let's, um, let's look at verse, uh, verse 24. Salute all them that have the rule over you. And all the, and all the saints, they of Italy salute you. Salute them that have the rule over you. That, that means we should respect the man of God. Honor the man of God. All right, so, so the pastor, uh, oh, he does so much in our life. Hey, can, you, can you imagine what it would be like? Well, well forget, you, you don't have to imagine anymore. Just turn on the news. You know what it's like in places that there's no authority? We read about that, don't we? They smash windows, they go in, they, they, steal, they steal automobiles, they steal jewelry, and, and, and everybody just stands there and says, Oh, this is so bad, but nobody does anything because there's no authority. Can you imagine a church run like that with no authority? It'd be a mess. Thank God that we have a pastor. Thank God 
that the church and that we as individuals have a pastor. And, and then I, I want to say that a pastor, this is a very close, close parallel, but a little different. A pastor is God's watchman over the church. Uh, and we need a watchman. We need somebody to watch over our lives. Amen? We need, we need a pastor. Uh, you're still in Hebrews, Hebrews 13. Uh, let's look at verse 17. Some of you noticed I didn't read the whole verse. Well, you missed something. Yeah, I know, I know. Here, here we go. Okay, let's look at verse 17 again. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Notice, for they watch for your souls. So the pastor watches for our souls. Uh, the watchman warns of danger ahead. That's, that's his job. The watchman is to warn the people of, of danger uh, if their lives are in danger. Okay, uh, in, in Bible times, we read about a watchman uh, on a wall. Okay, uh, on the wall of the city, there would be somebody uh, uh, perhaps in a tower on the wall, and he would watch over the, over the surrounding area and watch for enemies to be approaching. And if he saw an enemy approaching, he would sound out a warning so the people could get ready and, and, and weren't taken down in, 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 a, in a battle, an unsuspecting battle. They could get ready and be prepared because the enemy's coming. He would sound a warning. I remember as a, as a kid, I think I was, uh, uh, I want to say I was about 13 years of age, if I remember right. Uh, Mom and Dad took a five-week vacation to the West Coast. Uh, Mom had an uncle that lived in Arizona. Dad had a, a sister in California, and uh, and we went out and we spent uh, we spent five weeks on uh, a five week vacation. Took two weeks out, spent a week out there, and then two weeks coming back, as I recall. And I remember I remember coming through uh, coming through the the, the Rocky Mountains and the, and the forests and the redwood forests and all that. And and uh, and there were these big, up on the mountain. There were these big towers. And, and there was somebody up in those towers watching for smoke. I don't know how they do it today. I have no idea. But I remember how they did it back then. There was a man physically up there looking for smoke so he could warn the communities and, and everybody that, that there was a fire. He was the watchman. And God gives us, as church members, a watchman to watch our lives and to make sure that, that, we, don't, that we don't get into, into trouble, amen, he, and to warn us of, of, uh, of danger that might lie ahead. He watches for our souls. You see, he warns of danger, possibly from the pulpit, possibly privately, one-on-one, -on -one, but somehow or another, when he notices that a, a member may be going in a direction that would be harmful to them or, or to their family, he, what's he do? He sounds out a warning. Be careful, be careful. Uh, maybe, maybe he hears about, a, uh, about a, a, a bad spirit, senses a bad spirit growing in the church. Oh, that, that can destroy a church faster than anything else. That, that can tear things up. And that'll, that'll, that'll wheedle, uh, work its way down, down to the family unit. And that bad, bad spirit, not only in the church, but now it's in families. And, and we have a disaster on our hands. And the pastor senses something going on. And so what's he do? He starts preaching messages on unity. And, and tries, to, tries to get rid of that bad spirit and tries to mend oh, what could become a disaster. He's sounding out a warning. All right, and uh, perhaps uh, there's an ungodly trend going on, and a lot of folks are falling for it. And he and he picks up on that, 
And he says, oh, my, I hope that doesn't come into our church. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't want that for our people. Why, I love my people. And, and I know their lives will be harmed. I know it would be bad for them. And, and, and I've got to warn them. And so you start hearing messages that, that, that kind of seem to address a particular trend that's going on that's becoming popular in Christendom. And you say, I wonder what he's on that for. Well, he's sending out a warning because he loves his people. That's what it's for. Thank God for a watchman. And to think that I have a watchman. <laughs> my own personal watchman watches over my life. Y'all have a watchman. God loves you that much. He cares about you. He cares for your soul. So he gives you a man to, to, to watch over, over, over your soul. Now, now let's, let's, look, let's look at the rest of this verse. Uh, we'll, we'll read it again. Verse 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Now, verse 17 seems to indicate that there will be another judgment in addition uh, to the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. Okay, now this would take place prior to the judgment seat of Christ. Okay, uh, no, notice, notice what, what it says here again. That they, they watch for your souls, that they must give account. Okay, so it, it, it would appear to me that, that the pastor has to also stand before the Lord in a different capacity that we all stand before the Lord. Okay, I call it the pastor's judgment. All right, now, um, I believe it goes something like this. The Lord will call all the pastors together. And this is time for the pastors to be judged. And so each pastor will, one by one, I don't know if it will be alphabetical order, I don't know, I don't know how God will handle all that, but, but one, one by one, the pastors will approach the throne. And, uh, and the Lord will say, Pastor, you, you were the pastor, pastor uh, at Community Baptist Temple. Give the time frame. Yes, sir. I need you to give account of your ministry there. And so uh, the Lord will start asking particular questions, I believe. I believe this is how it will come out. I, I don't see the details in Scripture. This is, this is Rod Black. I believe this is what will take place or something very similar to it. I believe that the Lord will start asking Pastor O'Donnell about his particular church members. That's you folks, okay? This is what I believe. And one by one, the Lord will ask him about different church members. Sooner or later, your name's coming up. You say, Brother Black, this is going to take a long time. Remember, we're in eternity. Time doesn't matter anymore. Okay, it's not an issue. And, and a name comes up, and Pastor smiles and says, Oh, thank you, Lord. It was such a privilege and a blessing to be their pastor. Oh, they were, they were such, a, such a, an encouragement to me. And uh, kind, of, kind of brag on them a little bit, you know. And it, and it, it was such a thrill to be their pastor. And then the Lord asks him about somebody else. Another name comes up. And, and, and the pastor says, oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, you could have sent him to another church, but you sent, you sent him to my church. Lord, I was blessed. Thank you so much for allowing 
me to be their pastor. Another name comes up. Oh, oh, they, they were such a worker. Oh, uh, when, when, when something needed to be done, uh, I mean, it seemed like they were always there. Uh, they, they, they got involved in so many different ministries, and I, I don't know how they did it all, Lord, but, oh, Lord, thank you so much. I, I appreciate you letting me have them in my church. And, and one by one, names are come up, and, and, and the pastor's reflecting on the memories and the good times at Community Baptist Temple. And then your name comes up. And pastor says, I'm sorry, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, Lord. I, I, Lord, I, I tried to love them. I, I tried to help them. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. You, you see, Lord, they, they grumbled every time I, I preached something they didn't like. Lord, when there's work to do, they'd, they'd criticize how it got done, but they never showed up for a work day. Lord, I'm so sorry. And the Lord says, Pastor, it's okay. I was watching. I was watching. Now, it's going to take a while for this judgment, but I believe it'll go similar to that. And, 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 then, and then comes the, the, the general judgment where we all stand before the Lord to receive our rewards. Amen? Okay, looking forward to that day, are we? And, and, and we stand before the Lord, and, and we're called one by one, like the pastors were. And we approach the throne one by one. And, and the pastor, I mean, the Lord, the Lord says, I give account of your, your, your service for me on earth. Well, I, I, I probably wasn't all I should have been, but I, I, I tried, Lord. I, I was faithful to the house of God. I, I, read, I read my Bible every day. And, and I, I went soul winning, and I, and, I, and, I, and I taught a class, and I tried my best to be a good, a good church member, and I, I helped my pastor, and, and one after one, and another comes, and another comes, and another comes, and, and, and another fellow comes up to the, to the, to the, to the throne, and, and the Lord asks him to give account of his life, and, and, and he says, well, well uh, I, I, it was such a blessing to be a, uh, be a good church member in my church, and I did this, and this, and this, and this, and the Lord says, I spoke to your pastor. Oh. Don't expect a lot of rewards. You see, Brother Black, you're reading a lot into this, am I? Let's look at verse 17 one more time. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. That tells me that, this, that the pastors will be judged before, before the church members will. Because if the pastor's judgment goes bad, oh boy, we're in trouble. It's going to be hard on us. I, I want my pastor to smile when my name is mentioned. I don't want to cause grief when my pastor stands before God. You see, the pastor is God's watchman over the church. Thank God for a pastor. Hey, thank God for Pastor O'Donnell. 
He's, he's not perfect, I, I understand, but he sure is a good pastor, amen? He's a blessing in our, in our lives. You, you might want to drop him a little note and just say, thank you for being my pastor. Never realized what all that involved, but thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for warning me. Thank you for giving me messages from God. Thank you. Thank you for being my pastor. Find out what he likes. Do something special for him. Hey, give him a raise. <laughs> now, he did ask me to say that. <laughs> No. Hey, First uh, Timothy 5 and verse 17 says that pastors are worthy of double honor. According to the Word of God, I, as I understand it, the pastor is worth. It doesn't necessarily mean he has to receive this or church is obligated, or, but a pastor is worth twice what the average man in the church makes. That's, he's worth that to us. We, we need to at least realize the value of the man of God in our, in our lives and, and show appreciation uh, for, uh, for him. Hey, ladies, show, show your appreciation to Sherry. Amen. Uh, you can't imagine what all's involved in being a pastor's wife. It's not easy. It's not, it's not easy. Uh, there are times that, that she, she has a, a tremendous meal prepared and, and, and ready, ready to eat. And everybody, everybody sits down at the, sits down at the seat, uh, sits down in their seat at the table, and, and the phone goes off. Uh, I, I'm sorry, dear. Sa save me some. I got, I got to run to the hospital. It's not easy. It's not easy being a, being a pastor's wife. But, but make sure she knows how much you appreciate her, ladies. Make sure she knows how important she is in, in your life. Uh, you, you might want to take your pastor and his family out to eat or, or give him a gift card to a nice restaurant. Uh, bake him a pie or, you know, some, do something, something, something special. Amen? Now, maybe you're not a member of Community Baptist Temple. I don't know who's a member and who's not. Maybe you're not a member. And perhaps you're thinking, I wish I had someone to love me and my family. I, I wish I had somebody to give me messages from God, somebody, somebody to watch over my life and warn me of dangers that, that might be coming down my path. Hey, you need a pastor. Now, now remember, a pastor is a gift from God to the church. Okay, he's a gift to the church. And you need to be a member of a church to have a pastor. Now, now you, you, you need a pastor, amen? But you've got to be a member of a church to have a pastor. Now, he'll still love you, okay, but why not make it official, amen? Why not make it official and make him officially your pastor? I, I believe that'd be good. I, I believe that'd be good, and, and, and you'll be blessed. You see, you, you, need, you need a pastor. I, I, I mean, I... Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, we read it this morning. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So the folks that got saved, that very same day they got baptized and joined the church. Church membership is important. It's, it's important. And, and, and so, so I want to challenge you. I ask the Lord to save you today. Get baptized. Join the church. Amen. Join, join the church. You see, having a pastor is one of the many benefits of church membership. 
there, there are benefits from belonging, amen, from, from being on the rolls. There's special benefits. I'm saying, like I said, he'll, he'll love you either way. All right, I know he will. I, I, I think I know him that well. But you're missing out. You're missing out if you're an observer on the outside. Why not join up? You say, I want to be a part. I want this man to have authority in my... You see, he doesn't have authority if you're not a church member. He has no authority over me. Your pastor has no authority over me other than the fact that I'm in his pulpit. He has authority over me as, as his evangelist this week. Okay? But my pastor, Pastor David Ballard, he, he's my pastor. And, and he is, he is my, my scriptural authority in my life. All right? And I need that authority. I know my pastor. If I if I if I get get sideways and I go start going a direction that's not that's not God honoring, I know my pastor will call me into the office and say, uh, you know, come here, brother Black. We need to talk. We need that. We need that. We need a pastor. Let's stand with heads bowed. I don't know why God put this message on my heart tonight. Honestly, I tried to get out of it, but the Lord wouldn't let me go another direction. But I just want you to realize how important the man of God is in your life. You need him. He's a blessing. Father, tonight I want to thank you for giving me a pastor. God, I want to thank you for giving these good folk a pastor. Lord, I pray that they'll appreciate him. And Lord, I, I don't say that they don't. I, I have no reason to doubt that they do. In fact, I've heard stories of how this church has shown their love to this man. God, I pray they'd continue to do that. Continue to give him honor. The honor that's due him. And Father, I pray that you'd just work in each and every heart. Bless the invitation now, Lord. I, I don't know how you may have spoken to folks, but I pray they'd be willing to follow you tonight. Perhaps there's somebody here that's never been saved. I pray you give them the courage to step out of their seats and come to this altar. Lord, they get somebody's attention. We'll, we'll have somebody help them. Show them from the Word of God how they can know for sure they're going to heaven when they die. Lord, there could be someone here tonight that well, maybe they've been attending for quite some time but have never placed their membership here. They've never made it official. Maybe they've been saved but never scripturally baptized. God, whatever the case might be, may we be willing to obey you tonight. Have your will and way in this invitation. We turn it over to thee. In Christ's name we pray. As the piano begins to play,